All right, welcome back, hockey fans. We've got Rangers, we've got Ducks, we've got a very exciting interconference matchup here between these two squads, and myself and J.D. Hernandez there, we're going to talk about it right now. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back, Ranger fans and Duck fans. As I just mentioned, special crossover edition for you guys here today. This is John Chick of Locked On New York Rangers, joined by my good friend J.D. Hernandez of Locked On Ducks. Excuse me, J.D. How are we doing today, man? It's been a while. How are we doing? Let, let's see. The Ducks are about to end their road trip, and they've got zero wins on this road trip. They could end up with zero wins on this road trip because they're playing the Rangers tomorrow night. Yay. Or yeah. <laughs> Tuesday night. That- that's rough, man. And, uh, you know, obviously we were talking for a minute or two before we started recording here. And I mentioned to you that, hey, you know, the Ducks, they're only four points out of the playoffs. But are you still clinging on to hope or is hope beginning to dwindle at this point of the season here? After the first four games of the road trip, I think hope has dwindled to almost zero. Even though the Ducks are only four points out, the teams ahead of them have games in hand it's not looking good. And the Ducks have to leapfrog a bunch of other teams like Winnipeg, Vancouver, Vegas, Edmonton, Dallas, Nashville. Don't know. I don't know. It's it's quite the mountain to climb. And it's pretty interesting because as you just mentioned, you know, it's tight in the Western Conference right now as far as, you know, the last couple of teams in the playoffs, the first couple of teams out of the playoffs. You look at the East and it's crazy. Like the eight playoff teams are so far ahead of the eight non-playoff teams. Kind of just an interesting dynamic. But... Uh, you know, it's not all doom and gloom for the Ducks. There's one guy I've been dying to ask you about, and that's Troy Terry. Because, to be honest, man, I, I, I hadn't really heard of this guy before this season. And, I mean, you talk about just an out-of-nowhere breakout season. I mean, this guy was a former fifth-round draft pick. But, I mean, 51 points in 57 games. What's been the key to his success? And was there any way to see this coming going into the season, even for uh, you know a big-time Ducks fan as yourself there? I mean, I called it. I called it on my season preview. I said, Troy Terry's going to break out and have a good season. Maybe not as good as I anticipated. I said somewhere on the neighborhood of 25 to 30 goals, and he's almost got 30 goals. So he'll surpass my predictions for this season. But one thing is he's playing with way more confidence this season than he did last season, which is astounding to me. Um, Troy Terry, he should get 30 goals this season. He might even get to 35 goals this season. Confidence is a big key. Playing with more aggression is a big key. We're beginning to see Troy Terry have the capability to take over games, which is what he's tried to do during the road trip. But the Ducks have had a slew of injuries in this road trip. I mean, they only brought so many guys that their healthy scratches are pretty much injured guys. So the Ducks are kind of having to uh, piece together a lineup right now. And Troy Terry has been one of those guys that has tried to take over games. So that's part of it. Another part of Troy Terry's game is his skating as far as the power play has been more effective. And when you put him sometimes on lines with some of the youth, then he's more apt to get open shots. And he's got a really good shot too. But now we're seeing him get to his spots and not get... I would say not get as many blocked shots. His shots are becoming more accurate, too. Yeah, no, I mean, he's been fantastic. And like I said, it's somebody that I hadn't really heard of. And I got to give you all the props in the world, man, for calling that because I don't know how many people 
truly saw this coming, but uh, somebody that for sure a lot of people were expecting big things from, and he's delivered, is uh, Trevor Zegris. Setting young player. I, I like watching him, and uh, you know, I'll let you brag about him a little bit, too, because he went number nine overall back in 2019, and you know, probably one of the best players of that draft class, at least so far. So, I mean, what are you seeing from him? And uh, I, I got to know what your reaction was, that trick, you know, goal that they scored earlier this season where he had the puck on his stick and flipped it over the net and Milano tipped it in. Uh, start with that, actually, if you can. Oh, that one. Okay, so I'm trying yes, to think, which trick goal are you talking about? Because Sears has yeah. had multiple of those this season. First off, I will just say for everyone out there, hashtag let the kids play. I've been saying this for the last couple seasons. So, yeah, let the kids play. Trevor Zegers, by the way, not even 21 years old yet. He's not even old enough yeah. to drink. And he's second in the team in points right now with 44 points. Right now, I would say my reaction is still, what WTF was that? To have the foresight to not pull off the Michigan, but to say, no, you know what? I got Cindy Milano right there. I know Milano has great hands. So just kind of flip it over. Whoop, and right to Sonny Milano who batted it out of midair. And we can't discount what Frank did. I mean, Sonny Milano did. I call him Frank sometimes. Sonny has the amazing hands-eye coordination to pull off a goal like that. And Zegers knew it. And in fact, Sonny Milano tried to be on the opposite side of that Maybe a month later, it didn't work because Milano has the great hands and Zegers has the good passing ability. So that kind of play only works when you have two guys with that kind of connection that can pull off a play like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was uh, it was all over the place. And uh, I agree with you, you know, let the kids play. I, I know a couple people were thinking like, oh, that's Bush League. I'm like, come on, man. The, the skill that it takes to pull off something like that is just off the charts. It is not yeah. Bush League. It's not. No, it's not. It's the not. point of the game is to score. If yeah. you score and you win the game on that goal, then yeah, it's a good play and it earns you two points. It's not Bush League. Come on. No, I'm totally with you. I mean, they're, they're not showing anybody up. They're trying to score. And to your point, you know, he saw an opportunity there and I guess instincts just kind of took over and uh, look at that. I mean, it's one of the highlights of the season for sure. Um, you know, I figured we could talk a little bit about the trade deadline. You know, as we're recording this, it's Monday the 14th and we're one week away here. So, I mean, the Ducks, I mean, it sounds like, you know, from what you were saying earlier, that maybe you're leaning toward them being sellers because obviously they're on the outside looking in. They've suffered a little bit lately and they do have a lot of impending UFAs. So, I mean, what do you think the approach will be and uh, who do you think they'll, they'll ship out if, if they do indeed become sellers? Okay, so that that's a good question. Hampus Lindholm is probably one of the most likely guys to go out. Um, Claude Lemieux, who is Hampus Lindholm's agent, has been talking with current Ducks GM, Pat Verbeek, and they've been trying to work on an extension. The thing is, Verbeek is only offering up to five seasons, and Lindholm would like more. He would like possibly seven seasons. So unless the two sides meet in the next week, which it doesn't sound like it's going to happen because there was an athletic article that came out today, this morning, that indicated that Hampus Lindholm is probably going to be one of the likely pending UFAs to leave because if you're the Ducks, you want to get something back for him instead of nothing, and you don't want to just let him walk in free agency. And there's a lot of teams out there that could use his services, like the Rangers. The Rangers are a playoff-bound team. They could use another defenseman to use right there. 
there's there's a few teams that are on the market for Hampus Lindholm that would be willing to offer a first round pick, which is what the Ducks would want because Lindholm is one of those premier defenders. It's just going to come down to if the Ducks cannot resign him, they're going to trade him off. And the Ducks do want a first rounder at least for him. And another name out there was Josh Manson, who half jokingly, half not, people have said, oh, they can get Manson for a first and a couple of fourths. <laughs> so it's the defense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it feels like it's a little bit of a seller's market. You know, I look back at the Foley trade. That, I mean, this happened a couple of weeks ago now, but they ended up getting more for him than I thought they would. Foley's a good player, don't get me wrong. But wasn't there a first-rounder involved in that too, I think? Yeah, I think there was a first rounder there, and or like we saw a how that worked out. Yeah, yeah, we saw how that worked out, and yeah. the Ducks are familiar with making these kind of deals. We saw two years ago. By the way, little winter or heritage classic connection here. Two years ago, the Ducks traded Andre Kasha to the Boston Bruins for a first round pick and a couple of players. Uh, I think one of them was Axel Anderson, and that turned out pretty well because the Ducks got Jacob Perot in that draft and Andre Kasha, while he didn't work out in Boston, he seemed to do pretty well in Toronto for the arenas yesterday at the Heritage Classic, even though they lost, it was still, still nice to see Kasha score in that big stage. Yeah, for sure. And uh, one guy that I, I, I'm going to ask you about in just a second here is Ricard Raquel, but JD, first we got to tell everybody about Bet Online, and uh, I'll go ahead and do that right now. Uh, so today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers and Locked On Ducks is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's that time of year again as college basketball tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. And uh, by, the, oh, go ahead. What do you got? by the way, bet responsibly. And two, I can't believe Cal State Fullerton has to play Duke in the first round. Oh, that All reference goes way over my head because I haven't even looked at the brackets yet. I'll be honest. But Cal State Fullerton is the college that's just. 10 minutes up the 57, up the Ponda, and they got to play Duke. That's, I mean, it sounds like a rough draw. I don't know a whole lot about basketball, but I know that Duke is obviously a powerhouse year in a year. Yeah. Two fifteen. Good luck. Good luck, Titans. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, it's either, uh, it's either Duke just, you know, beating a 15 seed like they always do, or it's the greatest story in that college's basketball program history, I would imagine. I mean, there. I'm rooting for the Titans to be Duke, but I probably I know it's probably going to happen. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, I mean, I, like I said, I want to ask you about Ricard Raquel because his name has come up quite a bit in trade talk as well, and I've even seen some rumors that maybe the Rangers are interested. The Rangers are looking for, you know, a middle six forward, and they're extraordinarily thin at right wing right now. So, I mean, what kind of a player would we be getting in Ricard Raquel? Because he doesn't have a ton of points, but uh, from what it sounds like, just a good all-around player. But the floor is yours, man. What would we be getting if Raquel became a Ranger? Well, two things. One, the Ducks are looking to re-sign Ricard Raquel now that they're pivoting away from Hampus Lindholm. So they're going to try to re-sign Ricard Raquel, but if they cannot re-sign him, then they'll look to deal him off as well. And the kind of player that you're getting in Ricard Raquel is someone that's very creative around the net. Yes, the point total isn't as high, but he's also been injured this season. He's been battling 
a couple minor things here and there. And there was maybe a month where you could tell that Raquel was not right. Now that he's gotten some rest, he's beginning to get his groove back. This is not the 69 points that he had a few seasons ago. But this is someone that's kind of gone under the radar. And unfortunately, he's kind of gone underappreciated for a lot of folks this season. Yes, he's only got six, only got 16 goals. But this is someone who's going to crash the net whenever possible. Someone that can be creative on the left or the right side. I, I know what side he plays on, but he can be creative wherever he plays and get to either side of the faceoff dot and make something happen. While the point totals are not quite there, I look at his his fancy stats, his expected goals, and he's still a great player on this Ducks team. And he's good on that second line. And when you put Raquel with Milano and Zegris, that's a magical line, which kind of explains why his points doesn't explain why his points are where they are because usually it's been Zegris Milano and a defenseman and Raquel's just been snake bitten as far as points but he's been on the ice for plenty of important goals as far as I'm concerned he's still a great player and still trying to battle back but he's almost there he's right about there and with only 20 games left I don't expect Raquel to come back and the Rangers could use someone like him, but the question is, where would you place a player like Ricard Raquel as far as the Rangers lineup? That's going to be the big question. Yeah, I I would imagine, you know, based on everything you just said there and just kind of, uh, you know, his player profile overall, that I think he, he, he actually could be on the second line. I was going to say third line, but the fact that he plays right wing, the Rangers just have a black hole at that position right now because Capo Caco is injured. Obviously, they traded Butch Davis in the offseason. Vitaly Kravtsov, that whole situation's a mess. He's playing the KHL right now. Sammy Blay is probably out for the season, although, you know, they were kind of hockey players. It's possible he could get back to the playoffs. But bottom line, they're depleted there. They've had Dryden Hunt, who's, you know, basically up for his career, an NHL, AHL swingman and a four-fine grinder. They've had him out there with Panarin and Strom. So that tells you where everything stands. I mean, I like Hunt. You know, he, he's a hardworking player, and he actually had three assists the other night. But he's not, you know, really a top six. So I you know what? Consider- you know what'd be really fun. Yeah, it'd be that? really, it'd be really fun to see Raquel and Zabinajad in a power play unit get that Swedish connection going. There it is, man. And if how's Raquel as far as passes go? Because Zabinajad can let it fly with his one timers. Raquel is the, the passing's really good. I like okay. Raquel's passing ability. Um, he's also a dirty rebounds kind of guy. Like if a shot goes off a goaltender's pads, Raquel could be right there to pick up the loose change on any given power play. Okay, see, I now hearing that, I, I like what I'm hearing. I don't think the Rangers are going to mess with their top power play. And it's been the same five guys all season. And I think right. they're ranked number two in the league. Um, but as far as him maybe playing on the second line with Panarin and Strom, if he can go into the front of the net and clean up some of those rebounds, some of those dirty goals, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a fit, man. I, I think we might have something there. Well, considering how many... I would say I've seen the Rangers a little bit this season, considering how many juicy rebounds they leave unscored. <laughs> why? Like, there's got to be someone there. And I know Dryden Hunt and at times Johnny Brodzinski, they're, they're okay. But Raquel, that's kind of a good thing about him is he will get down there. And he's, he's still got a good shot from the faceoff circles as well. So that wouldn't yeah. be a bad fit. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what would the Ducks be looking for in exchange in a, in a deal like this? If we're going to create some kind of off-the-cuff hypothetical deal here, like if the Rangers wanted Raquel, do they want a draft pick, a prospect of some kind at a certain position, any, any kind of feeling as far as uh, what they might be into, just in general? Considering this year's deep draft and considering Pat Verbeek wants to make some noise in the draft, I would say they're they're looking more for picks right now instead okay. of players because they can always pick up players in free agency next season because they've got a ton of cap space. So I, I believe they're looking for picks right now. Off the top of my head, does a second rounder for Raquel get it done? Or are you one oh, oh, man, you're, you're so close. For Pat Verbeek, it's going to take a First for Ricard Raquel, given okay. the capability that he has. It's tempting. I don't know that the Rangers would do that, though, especially because, you know, you're only bringing in Raquel as a rental. That would be tough to give up a first rounder. And the Rangers do have two second rounders. They've got their own in the blues. So I, I think they might part with one of those. But I don't know, man. We, we can we can continue to talk about this and maybe even, like, hey, if they actually strike this trade, we'll have to do another crossover and talk about it anyway. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, there's got to be some really good prospects out there as well. For the as far as the Rangers? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, defensemen, forward, what are we talking here? Well, I, I know there's a couple defensemen, a couple young defensemen that are pretty good that I know the Rangers would not give up. I don't think yeah. they'd give up. I don't think they'd give up Condre Miller. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they would. I don't think they'd give up Adam Fox at all. No. No. Um, it would have no to take... Chance. It would have to take one of the top prospects out there to possibly get Raquel away from the Ducks. To to float a name, and I, I like this kid. I'm not necessarily trying to push him out the door, but I understand you got to give something to get something. Um, Zach Jones is somebody who's played a little bit for the Rangers over these past couple of seasons. It showed pretty well for himself. Uh, former third rounder, very young. I think he's like 21-ish. Maybe that could make sense because the Rangers. You know, I, I've talked about this on my podcast, but it, it's, there's only so many spots. There's only six defensemen spots on any given night. So, you know, it gets to a point where you start to run out of room for some of these guys. And, you know, maybe there could be a fit there. He's a young two-way defenseman. But, yeah, man, like like I said, I, I think um, we'll definitely have something to talk about if the Rangers and Ducks end up striking a deal at some point here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I figure uh, let's go ahead and let everybody know about Rock Auto real quick, and then we'll, you know, talk about this game and maybe even make some predictions. Uh, so, today's episode of Locked On New Year's Rangers and Locked On Ducks is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stop all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find their solution, to find your solution, your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, what else do we need to talk about here, J.D.? You know, something I want to ask you about real quick, if I could. Uh, Kevin Shankirk, I always like checking in on former Rangers. Uh, how has he done? Is he somebody that could be moved? I think he's got one more year on his contract after this one. Any thoughts on, uh, on Shattenkirk there? Shaddy's been one of the more reliable players 
and another underappreciated guy. He was one of my stars recently. I do three stars every week. Yeah. And Shaddy has been one of my stars for, I, I would say, at least once or twice in the past month. Shattenkirk has the capability to help run a power play. He's currently on their second power play unit and does a pretty good job. So I, I like Shattenkirk's game this season. He's He's done fine. Yeah. It'll be a nice little homecoming for him. By the way, eighth on the team in points with 27. He'll probably get more than that. And by the way, Kevin Shattenkirk is the only Anaheim Duck to play in every game so far this season. Wow, that, that's pretty impressive. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah. he's been Mr. Reliable, eat up minutes. Yeah, it, you know, it never worked out with him in the Rangers, but I've never had any ill will toward the guy. I mean, sometimes certain things just don't click, and by all accounts, a good guy, a good teammate, and Obviously, I mean, hey, he wins the Stanley Cup in Tampa, so, so good for him. You know? Yeah, my, my favorite thing about Shaddy this season, I don't know if you saw around Christmas time, where he dressed up in a giant bear costume and scared the crap out of Trevor Zegris. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to YouTube that as soon as we're done recording here. That is for sure. Yeah, yeah. oh, Shaddy is a great, fantastic teammate. One of my favorites on this team. It, it definitely Especially. sounds that way. Um, Especially this season. This season, he's he's done well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, are there any like under the radar, like a, one or two under the radar players on the Ducks uh, for Ranger fans to keep an eye on in this game? You know, maybe somebody who's not necessarily a superstar, but somebody who's like well recently or could make an, an impact one way or another. I'll go impact player first, and I'm going to go Adam Henrique. He's beginning to heat up right now. He scored in the last game down at Nassau. I mean, at UBS Arena. <laughs> down at Long Island. Um, Henrique has started to kind of find his game again. He's also missed a ton of time this season. And Henrique is finding the back of the net, finding his teammates, and getting the hits in there, and finally just saying, you know what, I'm going to begin to take over games as well and try to will this team to victory, which he almost did Sunday against the Islanders. So Henrique is someone to watch out for. As far as someone that doesn't get a lot of attention, um, even though he was a top scorer, Max Comtois has not gotten a whole lot of attention this season. I know he struggled at times, but even on Sunday, even in his road trip, he's begun to find himself in situations where he's going to hit the post or come streaking in for a high-quality shot. So Comtois is another guy to kind of watch out for. And one more guy that has hardly played this season because he's been up and down between the Anaheim Ducks and the San Diego Goals, has been Vinny Letary. Letary last game, was that? I uh, just said, okay, he's actually a former Ranger. I'll get to that in a second, but, but yeah, let, let us know. Yep. I, I know my audience. <laughs> so <laughs> Vinny Letary has only played in 20 games this season. He's had a lot of time with the San Diego Goals. And last game, he was on a line with Trevor Zegris and Sonny Milano. And we kind of saw some of that creativity. So I would say watch out for Vinny Letary. He might score a point or two if that line really gets going against the Rangers. So watch out for my cousin Vinny. Yeah, man, it's interesting with Letary because, you know, he was with the Rangers the past couple of seasons, mostly in the minors. And last year in particular, I don't think he ever once got caught up to the NHL. And this is despite the fact that the Rangers had injuries and Terry was putting up good numbers in the minors. I mean, I realize he's not like a mega prospect or anything like that, but I'm like, man, you know, if, if you're struggling for some depth scoring, he might be able to help. And uh, for one reason or another, they just never called him up. But it's good to hear that he's doing well there. Um, 
As far as, you know, under the radar Rangers, you mentioned Keandre Miller a uh, short time ago. He has taken his game to just a whole new level since the All-Star break is playing with a ton of confidence. They have him out there on the ice in really important parts of the game. Uh, you know, power play, penalty kill, the whole nine yards. He had a couple of assists in his most recent game. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from Keandre Miller. I mean, he really looks like a star in the making. And when you consider how often the Rangers have whipped on their first round draft pick, it's nice to see one that seemingly is going to pan out for them. So uh, loving Keandre Miller. And um, I'll throw out one more, too, since, since you got a couple there. Um, Barclay Goodrow. Not that people don't know who he is, but, but he – He's really added some offense to his game this season. He's scoring their last game as well. Uh, he's got a career-high 13 goals. He moves up and down the lineup pretty seamlessly. He can play on just about any line. And, uh, you know, somebody that was really important for the Rangers in terms of uh, adding a former Cup champion to the roster. It had been a long time since the Rangers had a Stanley Cup winner on their roster. And I think he brings some leadership. He's an alternate captain. Granted, the Rangers have, like, 20 alternate captains. But still, you know, it, it's, it's cool to see. And, uh, you know, he, he's done a great job and I think had a positive influence on this Ranger team. And I, I think he'll continue his strong play against the Ducks. Here. Absolutely. I, I see that happening. I I see Lindgren maybe spooking the Ducks again. I mean, you know, I, I, I remember what happened last time these two teams met. And Lindgren gave the Ducks nightmares last game. So I would watch out for Lindgren as well if I'm the Ducks. Yeah, he, he had a really nice bounce-back game in this most recent performance. Uh, when they played the Blues, they basically just got run off the ice in their second most recent game, and he was a minus four. Adam Fox was a minus four. They were out there together, and there were even rumors that Lingering could be a healthy scratch, and I, I thought that would have been a bridge too far, but it, it sounds like he got the message. He was out there, you know, mixing up with Jamie Benn and uh, pretty much everybody at the Stars who, who tried to start any trouble, so... I would imagine more of the same from Lincoln against the Ducks here, if there's any... Well, uh, he's got uh, half his goals this season against the Ducks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Sneaky, uh, sneaky offense from Ryan Lingren. I mean, that's not his MO, obviously, but he's he's more... He knows what he's doing with the puck more than people realize, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, I think one key... The Ducks have got to shoot more against New York. I mean, last game, it was something like 40-14, to 14, I believe, and... The Ducks looked not good in that game. So they've got to prevent all these shots. And if I'm the Ducks, I would not be surprised to see Anthony Stolarz in net because Gibby's been struggling. And Stolarz has played well enough to earn more starts. So I would like to see Stolarz get this start at MSG. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that because, you know, Gibson has been outplayed by Stolarz. At least, you know, I don't see the Ducks as often as you, obviously. But if you just go by the stats, you know, Stolarz has got a beat pretty much across the board there. Um, is there any, like, concerns with Gibson? Because he's got a pretty big contract. It's pretty long term. Not having the best season of his career. But, I mean, are you at all worried? Or, or do you think, you know, he's, he's still, uh, you know, a solid netminder for you guys going forward? He's been getting overused. Okay. It's been, I think, nine consecutive games now where Gibby has given up three or more goals. And it's just been overuse. I mean, you got to know when to rest your guys sometimes. And this is a time where I think Gibby needs to get rested. And Stolarz has been a more than capable goaltender for the Anaheim Ducks this season. So I would say, yeah, maybe rest Gibby a little bit more because this playoff chances are slipping away pretty quickly. So that's my thought on that. Yeah, I mean, you got to go with the hot hand. And, and for the Rangers, you know, it's it's a different situation with their goalies because I've kind of been mentioning the fact that, 
you know, maybe down the stretch here, he was just has had some injuries early in his career. He's obviously having a Vesna worthy season. And when you look at where the Rangers are in the playoff picture, you know, they've got some breathing room. So uh, my idea was down the stretch, you know, maybe give him a couple of games off. By that same token, Alex Yuryev has been just bad lately. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. mean to be mean, but there's no other way to say it. That, that's just a fact. Um, there have been rumors that they might look to trade him, although his trade value has really taken a hit over the past couple of weeks. So we'll, we'll see how they look to go. The, the problem with Yorgiev is that he can be a good goalie when he's getting regular playing time, but he's just not going to get regular playing time when George Shesterkin is on the roster. I mean, That's back. how I feel about Stolarz. Stolarz right. is a more than capable goaltender that I know can get on a hot streak. And by the way, I misspoke. Gibby has allowed three or more goals in 10 consecutive games now. Yeah, that's rough. That's so rough, it, it's it's a bad second half for him. Ever since the All-Star break, ever since the extended two-plus-week break the Ducks had. Because remember, they didn't have that many games to make up during the break. So they had a long time off. And I think yeah. that kind of hurt Gibby a little bit because he was on a hot streak before that break. And sometimes that happens. Yeah, it's tough. These guys aren't used to sitting around for, for two weeks with not really having a whole lot to do for sure. No um, kidding. Yeah. Uh, do you want to throw in a prediction, you know, a final score or anybody to get on the score sheet? Anything interesting to happen in this one? Anything you got there? I'll throw a couple of predictions. I think Vanilla Terry is going to get a primary apple. I don't think he's going to score against his old team, but I think Vinny Letary will get in there with the Zegris and Milano line. So I'll throw out a Vinny Letary point against the Rangers. You'll hear some Bronx cheers in the background. And I would say the Rangers are going to win. Uh, I'm going to go four to two on this one. I'm actually going to say five, three Rangers. I can tell you right now, there's a very, very good chance that prediction of Letary will come to fruition here because especially this season, anytime the Rangers play one of their former players, they're getting on the score sheet. Bucinavich, yep. and granted, he wasn't out there in the most recent meeting against the Blues, but he was the one exception to that rule. But, you know, the Rangers play the Knights earlier in the season. Brett Howden's getting two points. I mean, it's just, it's going to happen. And I'm sure, I'm sure Shattenkirk will get at least one assist at the bare minimum as well. But, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say Rangers five to three. Um, you know, they, uh, they've been getting off to some slow starts recently, but I'm hoping that they've kind of... Uh, of course correct here i can see it being you know pretty competitive game going into the third period rangers have been a good third period team and then maybe the rangers pull away a little bit late but uh yeah we yeah, know, you know I, <laughs> what's that we know we saw that at the pond yeah. earlier yeah yeah for sure for sure um yeah man this, this is a ton of fun I, I figure you know it's possible the rangers and ducks strike a deal so we might be doing this again next week and even if not man i'm looking forward to the next crossover that we get to do together for sure for sure it's always fun yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, Ranger fans, Duck fans, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we will see you guys next time.